What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Today's episode, we'll be diving into five, six, more like it, uh, free agent prospects I think the Bulls should focus on at that big man position. We'll also be talking about what's going to happen after the after Zach Levine theoretically resigns with the Chicago Bulls and what type of flexibility they will have in free agency. We'll also talk about the Bulls Summer League team. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, what's going on, beautiful people? I'm your host here, Hayes, and we're diving right in. So the, NBA, the uh, Chicago Bulls have basically all but solidified their NBA Summer League. They've signed a lot of undrafted free agents, some players from the Windy City Bulls. This is going to add to both Justin Lewis, Dale and Terry, our rookie additions this season. Uh, as, as well as Io DeSumo is going to be there. Marco Simonovic, both rookies from last season, are going to be in Summer League as well. We also added Javon Freeman Liberty, uh, who led the Big East in points last season as well. So the Bulls have a, a very interesting Summer League team. And Summer League is always, you know, for those that, you know, miss basketball by this point in the season and things like that and just like to see the game of basketball, Summer League has always been one of those things that, um, that I think some people look forward to, some people completely overlook it as well. But considering how many questions are there, what's going on with Marco Simonovic? He's going to look more NBA ready at all. We know that he's added on some weight after a picture of him and Nikola Vucevic was released. Uh, he's going to also be playing over um, in the FIBA uh, tournament as well. We, we know all that's happening, but we get to see Marco Simonovic in July come in, pay, play with Io DeSumo. Uh, bo both uh, Justin Lewis and Daylon Terry are both going to be there as well and just really get to look at different aspects of what we're looking at for these players. Io DeSumo, we're very what, much so looking at what, what in what ways has he progressed over the course of this offseason. Him and Marco, we're looking at definitely progression. And then for a lot of Bulls fans, they're just going to be looking at to get familiar. What type of game does Daylon Terry have? What type of skill set does he flash against the lesser competition in Summer League, things like that against other rookies? We're going to get to see how he may measure up. And then as well, Justin Lewis, who I, in my video uh, that I dropped last night in the mailbag video when we asked about it, just talked about how much, you know, for the Bull fans that were clamoring after EJ Liddell, how Justin Lewis does bring a lot of that same skill set, being younger as well, a little bit better shooter of three, a couple of things, a longer wingspan that, that Justin Lewis brings as well. So we're going to get a chance to really look at those rookies. And for many people, that may be the first look at it. I will be breaking down Summer League each day after the game. I won't probably be doing like any post-game lives or anything for that, but I will be breaking it down, doing key things, looking at what we saw from uh, the, the rookies and the second-year players that are going to be on this team, as well as their, maybe the Bulls do have an interesting prospect. We know Dotson, for example, always shine down there and things like that. So we'll get to see, are there any invites to the Bulls G League team? Things like that. But Summer League, it's really a nice time to kick off, especially because by the time that kicks off as well, we'll have a lot of answers about what's going on in free agency. And so that gets into the next thing that I want to talk about, and that is the Bulls' upcoming free agency. We're going to talk about some targets there. Uh, but first, I do want to get into just, and I'm going to, I know this is a readdressing for some people who've been watching the channel for a while, but I just want to put it out there so people really know what the Bulls are working with. Once Zach Levine does hopefully re sign on a max level contract, what type of space that the Bulls will have to work with? So first up, we know we have our $10 million mid-level exception. Now, this exception can be spread out over multiple players, meaning that while we have $10.2 million, technically we could spend $4 million on one, $6 million on another player to really spread that out. But that is the amount of money that we have within that exception um, to use. And so that can be used for any free agent. Um, it just if they accept the deal and then they still get the 8% 
increases on the contract in subsequent years. It's just that that $10.2 million is the initial starting salary for a player on the mid-level exception. I believe they can only sign for up to two years as well on that. So be on the lookout for who's going to be in that. And, you know, some of the players that we'll talk about in our list do fit within that. We also have the $5 million trade player exception. Now, this was created in the Daniel Tice trade, I believe. And so we have a $5 million. So what that means is that the Bulls can technically absorb any contract up to $5 million without sending any salary out and, and use that to bring in a player in a trade. Now, would they still they would still have to send something out to the team. So whether that's draft compensation or a player with a lesser contract, but they're absorbing most of that into the into the trade player exception. When that uh, Matisse Thibel rumor was going around, I had hypothesized that maybe it was going to be bringing him into that trade player exception so that they could at that time I was hoping get an additional pick from the Philadelphia 76ers that ended up not not happening but that's the type of deal that the Bulls could use that in as well as we have Kobe White as a possible trade asset there have been several rumors that the Bulls are actually shopping Kobe White actively so that didn't happen at the draft like many of us thought that we would doesn't happen during the free agency. The Bulls very well could be keeping Kobe White also as a chip that says, hey, yes, while Kobe White has not been the most consistent player for us, maybe we wait to the trade deadline. Maybe we can't add the scoring that we hope, hope that we'd be able to add, but we did bring in some of the defensive players. We brought in a big man, and Kobe White still starts off the season being the scorer off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. But again, Kobe White throughout last season, three out of the six months last season, he averaged really good. So if he comes out the gate, being able to do that still very much could be traded by the trade deadline or before, but we could see Kobe White be on this team to start the season. It remains to be seen, and we'll see where, where it goes. And then, again, we have that Portland pick as well as an asset to pro possibly move around, with whether it's pairing with Kobe White or sending that out in a, in a deal where we're absorbing most of the contract into our trade player exception. So that's what we kind of have. Looking into it, we have as well two, uh, theoretically, two slots for the veteran minimum. So that is even if the Bulls are over uh, the, the the cap, we can still use signed players at the veteran minimum. So all that happens, if those things happen with the trade player exception, the mid-level exception, and bringing in a player, uh, two veteran minimum players without sending out any other salary, the Bulls are going to be about $8 million over the luxury tax this season. Now, that could be offset by not using the trade player exception. Maybe we see that the Bulls don't use that, don't just absorb any salary, or if they tax Kobe White. Instead of using the trade player uh, exception, then that offsets that salary rather than just add to it. So that's kind of where the Bulls sit right now. They're projected to be, unless they do some type of move that we don't see, they will be in the luxury tax. That is applied next season, though, not this season. Um, so that's where we kind of sit right now. So I want to talk about some free agent options for the Chicago Bulls on my list. Now, the first two I will admit on my list are long shots, and I'll explain why. The first one is Bobby Portis. I think day one of free agency after Zach Levine signs, the Bulls should offer Bobby Portis the full mid-level exception. Does he bring everything we need? Not per se. In some ways he does, in some ways he doesn't. I love what I would love to have his energy off the bench. We talked about how much we needed a goon and whether, you know, some people said Daylon Terry may also be somebody who can turn into that. I don't want to bet on that in the rookie season for Daylon Terry. So bringing in Bobby Portis, what he's able to do, be able to play with Vooch or play with Patrick Williams out there on the court. Somebody who's shown that he's, he's he's willing to sacrifice for the team to come off the bench if it actually means winning something and what he did with the Milwaukee Bucks. We also know there's a new front officer here that did not trade him away, so hopefully that does uh, do, do something for the bad blood. But I I, I expect the Bucks to, to bring him back. Um, Just looking at what he did. Still, Bobby Portis, that contract extension that the Bulls offered him before we traded him away, he is still yet to make as much money as he would have on that deal 
So Bobby Portis may be somebody who's willing, who's not willing to take any lesser money anymore and wants to actually get paid while also competing. The Chicago Bulls could offer him that. He comes into a slot that is that is very much for him. He knows exactly what role he'll be playing. He exactly know what will what will be needed of him. He has familiarity with Zach Levine. So things like that. Bobby Portis would be my number one option here at the big man position. Next up is Mitchell Robinson. Now, again, it seems like the Knicks have kind of reset the deck, not bringing in a rookie when they had the 11th overall pick, trading away Kimball Walker into another team's space to be able to get rid of that salary. It looks like the Knicks are going to be prepared to offer, offer Mitchell Robinson a hefty contract that maybe the Bulls cannot match. And not, well, they can't. They, the Bulls wouldn't be able to match. And offer it, the Knicks can offer him more money than any team out there. So with that being said, but what what a, a coup of getting Mitchell Robinson could actually mean for this team could be huge. By that, I mean... He brings the rebounding we need, brings the shot blocking we need. And yes, not the offensive player. That's why I wouldn't bring him in as a replacement for Vooch, but being able to add him to what we already have going on in this team. Would he be able to play with Vooch some? I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily as high on him playing out there with Vooch as I would a Bobby Portis who's shown playing out there with another big man that he can adapt because he can go out there on the perimeter, things like that. I don't know if Mitchell Robinson could do that especially with Vooch not hitting that three very effectively for us last season. But Mitchell Robinson, they're kind of 1A, 1B, but number one and number two on this list. Now, the next one that I'm going to bring up, this one is probably going to surprise some people. And I'm bringing up on this one, I'm suggesting that the Chicago Bulls should sign Isaiah Hartenstein from the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, the reason why I'm saying this, this is a, this to me is a A.K. and Eversley pick. Because while his raw numbers don't show a lot or leave a lot to be desired, he finished this season with the fourth, fourth highest true shooting percentage, the 10th highest uh, win shares added per 48 minutes, and the 17th highest PER in the entire NBA. That is efficiency. And you know AK and Eversley, even if you look at the way that who they drafted, they don't necessarily look at just the numbers. They do look at those advanced analytics and see how, the, how a player can fit on a team. Isaiah Hardenstein is a player that fits right on the team with the, what he, his efficiency levels being what they are. Yes, is he the one-on-one -on -one defender that some of these other players are going to be mentioned on? No, not at all. But he was fourth in best defensive uh, plus-minus this past season. So a really, really quality defender there. Somebody who may not even get need or require the full mid-level exception. Now, maybe Willie, it's 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 definitely a chance. Are the are the Clippers going to let him go without a fight? Probably not, especially if they're planning to compete. But Isaiah Hartenstein is definitely a player that I would like the Chicago Bulls to look at for everything that he does basketball-wise in those advanced analytics. Is he the flashy name? No. Is he the big-time name? No. Or If he is signed, are there going to be absolutely some Chicago Bulls fans that say, why did you do this when you should have went after Bobby Portis or Mitchell? Absolutely. But I do think that he's a player that could come into this team and when, and when we see them out there on the court, the type of basketball that he plays and what he makes and how he'll make things easier for other players on the court, Isaiah Hartenstein is definitely a player I think the Chicago Bulls should look at. And in my realistic options, He's high up there. Next up, Nick's, Nick Claxton. Now, this is a player with the uh, currently with the uh, Nets. He averaged 8.7 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, and over a block per game in only 20 minutes per game. That is why he's highly on my list because he's a player that knows how to be efficient without without needing um, a lot of plays called for him. And I think that's the player that, you, that, the, Bull type, that the Bulls are going to look for unless they can get a bigger name. I think they're going to look at a player like a Nick Claxton because of what he's able to come in and how he's able to be effective without necessarily taking shots away from a uh, from DeMar, from Zach, from Lonzo when he's back, from Io if he can get in the scoring rhythm, things like that. He just comes in and he's able to fill a role. 20, in 20 minutes per game to be able to get 5.6 rebounds and one over a one block per game 
in that and almost double-digit points, that's a highly efficient player, in my opinion, and a player that I would love to see come off the Chicago Bulls bench. Again, I know some Bulls fans are going to look at, look at this list because a lot of Bulls fans are thinking, what starters can we bring in? But again, as a player that's coming off the bench, because AK has said, gave a presser, that he expects Patrick Williams and Nikola Vucevic to be here and be in that starting lineup. So we're looking to add from the bench role to this team, Nick Claxton. I don't think the Bulls can go wrong with a player like Nick, Nick, Nick Claxton. Now, high upside. Coming off his best season, the next player I'm going to talk about, this one is Mo Bamba. Now, Mo Bamba, like I said, coming off one of the best seasons of his career, can he get more, more than what the Bulls can offer? Like I said, the Bulls at most can offer that full $10 million um, mid-level exception to Mo Bamba. Does he accept that? And if he does accept it, will the Orlando Magic match it just because of the, the fact that it's not a, a hugely sizable deal that maybe they can trade later even if he doesn't factor into the long-term plans? All those type of questions are there. But Mo Bamba, the Bulls would be not would be crazy not to at least look at him as an option to see what he could bring onto the team, considering how efficient he was last season for him. It wasn't efficiency numbers to break out or anything, but again, he started a lot of games last season for the for the uh, Orlando Magic. He'd be accepting a bench role here, but I think he can still get plenty of minutes. Can he play next to Vucevic? Is really going to say exactly how many minutes he can get, but. Look at Mo Bamba as a player that can offer a lot of the things that the Bulls need. Again, not maybe as efficient as some of the other players on this list, but definitely would be a nice free agent option to bring into the Chicago Bulls. Now, this last one, number six, is Jalen Smith from the Pacers. Now, he's in a unique position in which he is coming off a rookie deal, but his option was declined. And so because of that, the Pacers, who are his current team, can only offer him a max of $4.5 million per year. Now, his, his averages, 13.4 points per game. 7.6 rebounds per game in only 24 minutes, and he shot the ball at 37% from three-point range at 3.8 attempts per game. That's almost four attempts per game, hitting that at close to a 40% clip and, and playing the type of minutes that we can get him off the bench for the Bulls as well. Again, a completely different role to see, but he's definitely a player in Jalen Smith that the Bulls could go after financially that would make sense. Again, only $4.5 million is what his current team can offer him. So even though he he would most players in his position would be in a in, in in a situation where their team could match low offers, the Bulls could very well offer him six, seven million dollars per year. Now, would that be an overpay? Possibly. I don't look at it that as the production that he can give and then say, hey, the Pacers can't match. Now you're just worried about other teams that could offer him potentially more out there in the market. But Jalen Smith is another one I think the Bulls should look at. And that rounds out my list for right now. We're going to be gearing up for more and more free agent coverage as we get closer. I want to hear from you guys down below. Who are some realistic big man targets you would like to see the Chicago Bulls go after this offseason? What do you think about my list? Is there anybody from this list that stands out to you that you would like to see on the Chicago Bulls roster? Let me know all that down below. Or if you're on the podcast side, please email me as well, which I'll plug at the end of this show. But that is it. Thank you for tuning in to Chicago Bulls Central. Again, you can follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave us a text and our voicemail to be played like on yesterday's mailbag episode, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. Thank you for tuning in. Like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.